But God, in this moment, those are such powerful words. God, to say we're withholding nothing, they're powerful words. God, to say we surrender, it's a powerful word. God, in this moment, we ask that 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 might be true of our lives. That we might truly be able to say, God, that we give you all of us. God, we don't want to give you a little bit. We don't want to give you half. We don't want to give you a third. God, we don't want to give you just enough to get by. God, we don't want to give you just enough that's comfortable. God, somebody came here right here for this word that it's time to give all. God, it's a struggle. It's hard to give all. But God, we're so thankful that you give us all of you. And God, we know that because you give us all of you, it's possible for us to give you all of us. In your precious name we do pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about cold black. What have we been talking about? Cold black. Everything's all right. Amen. <laughs> amen. This, this mic hates me. Amen. 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 Come on. Uh, code Black. Um, if you were here when we first started our series, we had the Code Black, and there was a play, and there was somebody on the stage, and it was a hospital scene, and we had people running from every which and way um, saying, Code Black, Code Black. And we said that Code Black is the worst possible scenario. When, an, when the worst possible scenario has taken place as a threat to the existence of the hospital and all those in it. That's what a cold black looks like. Uh, but we're talking about cold black family. What does that mean? What's cold black when it goes to the family? Listen, I used to think that my family was the only family that had issues. Like, I don't know if anybody else has been there, but um, growing up, you know, I would look around and I kind of felt like, man, my family had some issues. We, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we had some struggles. Um, my parents were um, divorced. And, you know, honestly, right now you see that, and it's a little more common. There's a lot of single-parent homes. But when I was growing up, I won't say I was the only one, but, like, all my friends' parents were together. So I would look like, dang, why my family, like, <laughs> why is my family so checked up? <laughs> like, like, then you go over your friend's house, and everything was all nice. Yeah, the, the crystal, and everyone sat at the table for dinner, and, you know, it just made sense, and everything just looked so picture perfect. And in my mind, I was kind of just like, why is my family the only one? That's messed up. But then one day, I started to get a little bit older, and, you know, you go to visit, you know, you go, like, to sleepovers and things like that. And um, I remember, uh, you know, going to my friend's house and, um, you know, kind of getting there and, and you'd be at the door and they're kind of just like, one moment, just give us one moment. Like, and then I kind of realized, oh, so everybody's house is not always like speak and span. Like they need, they need 10 minutes or, or three minutes rather, or, you know, 60 seconds to throw some things around and, you know, push some things maybe under the couch and do what they got to do because they weren't as perfect as I thought. And then honestly now, it's, 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 I would say it's, it's sad, but a lot of these friends that I was looking at, their parents are now divorced. So I was in it then, and as we got older, like they were looking to me like, yo, they're crying about it. For me now, it, became, it was normal. And so eventually I realized that my family wasn't, 
wasn't the only one that had some issues. I kind of realized that y'all family, y'all family's got some issues too. Y'all, y'all wasn't trying to tell nobody. Y'all wasn't trying to let me see. But then I realized that like every family has some level of dysfunction. Like I'm not gonna say that your family is dysfunctional. Like I can't, you know, can't I can't I can't tell you that. But I can say that every family has some level of dysfunction. And so we've been talking about cold black and what this dysfunction looks like and what it entails. And um, today I was given the task of talking about forgiveness. And to be honest, like I really, I wasn't feeling it. Like I wasn't really trying to preach. <laughs> I tried to get out of it, but that didn't work. Uh, uh, I wasn't really trying to talk about forgiveness because, you know, I'm really like, I hate hypocrites. Like I just, I just don't like it. Like just be who you are, be who you are, do what you say. I'm not really feeling the whole hypocrite thing. So I'm kind of just like, so God, I gotta go preach about forgiveness. But I mean, I know I got some stuff I need to let go of. Like I know I got some forgiveness stuff that I need to handle, like, you know what I'm saying? So can we just agree that um, this sermon is for all of us? Amen? <laughs> that this sermon is, uh, is for all of us. And so I kind of came to the conclusion that when we think about forgiveness, uh, we don't know how to forgive biblically. Like, we don't, we don't really know what that means. Like, we don't really know how to do it. We don't, we, we might know how to, but we don't, we don't practice it. We don't forgive in a biblical way, according to what the Bible tell us, tells us. We don't uh, forgive. So when I began looking at forgiveness and I was trying to figure out, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about, I looked up some scriptures and, you know, God forgives our many sins. Amen. We know that. Amen? Amen? Is anybody else happy about the fact that God forgives our sins? Amen? Amen. Uh, God forgives us because he loves us. Amen? Amen. Do, we, do we know that, that God forgives us because he loves us? Um, God makes us as clean as freshly fallen snow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah and amen. Like, God's working with us. God is, God is offering forgiveness. Okay, God removes our impurities. Okay, so the Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. Uh, um, it says don't keep track of how many times you forgive. I'm going to get something to drink on that one while y'all... Mm -hmm. Because some of us, we're keeping track. <laughs> we, so, some of us, you know how many times you forgive. You're keeping track of that thing. Um, God will forgive our sins if we confess them. Amen? Amen. Um, freely forgive others as God has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. We must forgive others. I, I kind of stopped at one text that kind of really hit me. Um, I'm going to sit. Y'all know I like to uh, sit. My, my back hurts. Um, we're going to read this together. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Because I, I figured you weren't going to quite grasp it. I put it again. Um, I wanted to highlight the important parts, but then I realized I was highlighting the whole verse. Um, I'm going to read this time in your hearing. It says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not, <laughs> but if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Like, what? Like, I read this text, and I was kind of just like, I couldn't get past it. Because I was kind of like, well, there goes the whole sermon. I kind of just felt like, I don't know, Shanae, I was telling them earlier that kind of, if I was like, <clears throat> really, like the pastor, and this was like up to me, like, I would just put that on the set. I would put it on, I would put it on the screen, and I would have been like, bye. Amen. The end. But I didn't know. I didn't know how our lead pastor would take that. wasn't sure if he would. I wasn't sure if I would have got away with it. But uh, 
seriously, looking at that text, looking at what it says, wow. <laughs> like, I want to move on, but what? Like, God's ready to forgive us, but he's waiting for us to forgive others. And the nerve of us to act like we can't forgive nobody. We don't want to let it go. Tell somebody, let it go. Oh, you got to say, 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 convince me. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> let it go. Some of us, <clears throat> we have some things that we came in here with today that we need to let it go. We have some things that we come in here with every week that we need to let go. We have some things that we've came in here with that we think we have let go, but we have not let it go. Uh, we're going to look, I'm going to sit again. Uh, we're going to look at our scripture for the morning. It's coming from <laughs> the message uh, version of the Bible. Um, I, have, I have added some, some names just, just for us to, <coughs> sorry, to make sure that we're clear. <coughs> but this is the Bible that I'm reading, all right? Matthew 18. At this point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Let me give you just some, a quick background. So Peter is saying, like, how many times do I have to do it? Seven? Um, the rabbis taught that they were supposed to forgive for three times. So Peter's kind of like, all right, like, that, they're teaching three. All right, so you good with seven? Like, does that sound good, Jesus? Like, seven? I, I, upped, it, I upped it a little bit. I upped it a little bit. So he thinks he's doing something good, and Jesus is like, nah, 70 times seven. All right. So the kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, Stephen Gray was brought before him, who had run up a debt of $100,000. I don't know if y'all caught it. As he got underway, Stephen Gray, yeah, I'm going to add your last name so we're clear, was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. He couldn't pay up. He was broke. Stephen's pockets were a little empty. So the king ordered the man along with his wife, his children, and goods <laughs> to be auctioned off at the slave market. Stephen, the poor wretched threw himself at the king's feet and he begged. I mean, he begged. He pleaded. He said, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Touched with his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. Now, Stephen came in saying, listen, just give me a little more time. Like, I'm going to go work for it, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a do what I can do, and I'm going to work for it, and I'm going to come back to be able to repay you. But now the king is saying, listen, don't even worry about it. I'm just going to repay all of it. It's all wiped away. It's all on me. You're good. Stephen the servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon guard. one of his fellow servants, who owed him $10. He seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. Stephen, the king just forgave you, homie. And you're like, he just forgave you from thousands of dollars. Like, he... he he, he, hundreds, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Honestly, it was a lot, okay? It was a lot and a little bit. That's what we're saying. He just forgave you from all of that. Our boy Garvey, <laughs> he's just asking like, yo, uh, give me a chance. He's not saying just forgive me. He's saying give me a chance 
uh, I'm going I'm to work it off. I'm going to go and I'm going to do some extra computer work and uh, all that IT stuff that uh, Garvey does. And he said, Garvey, the poor wretch, threw himself down and, and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay him back. But Stephen would not do it. Stephen had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. Crazy, right? When the other servants, Marna, Kimberly, Andre, and Selena saw this going on, they were outraged. And they brought a detailed report to the king. Listen, they're like, listen, uh, I just saw that he just forgave you for all of that, and you can't forgive for that little bit, just 10 bucks? You just, the king just did so much for you, and now you're acting like you can't give somebody else a break. The king summoned Stephen and said, you evil servant. <laughs> I love you. You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant, Garvey, who asked for mercy? The king was furious, put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. He sent him to jail. How many of you can, can kind of agree with with, with Marta and Kimberly and Selena, where they are, and they're looking on like, man, like, seriously? You just, like, like you, you just got forgiven from all of that, and you're tripping over $10. Like, you're tripping over such a little bit when you just got something. And then it goes on to say, and that's exactly what my Father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. What I just read was a parable. It was a story. I added uh, Stephen's name, who's sitting over here, and Garvey, who's sitting in the back, simply so that we could follow along. We can have some cross-references. We could kind of understand the story uh, and make us be able to connect the dots. But this is like, this is the Bible I'm reading, and this is Jesus, and this is what Jesus is telling them. Like, listen, like, this is what um, Christ did for us. Like, this, this, is, this, is, this is what Christ did for us. And I know we're, we're looking back, and we're kind of like, we said we kind of could agree with the bystanders that were looking on that couldn't understand it. But it's funny because when we're in the situation ourselves, it's a little bit different. Like, it seemed like, well, duh, just go ahead and, you know, forgive. But do we do that? Jesus forgave us, so we should forgive others. We know that, right? We know that. Uh, the man asked for more time to pay his debt, but it was completely forgiven. Is that not what Jesus does? Is that not what Jesus does? Listen, Jesus is ready to forgive us before we even ask. Like, he went in there just saying, listen, give me a little more time. I want to, you know, try and get my work together and get into some side jobs and figure it out. And the king's like, no, listen, don't even worry about it. Listen, that's how Jesus treats us. Jesus is like, listen, I'm, I'm wiping your slate clean. I'll forgive you completely. Jesus gives us more than we ask for before we even ask for it. Listen, Christ was treated as we deserve that we might be treated as he deserves. Listen, <laughs> Christ was treated as we deserved. We deserve what Christ got. That we might be treated as he deserves. He was condemned for our sins in which he had no share. He didn't participate in that. He had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with us doing our stuff. He had nothing to do with us doing our stuff. He has nothing to do with us when we turn our back on him. He, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not participating in that. He had no share. Uh, it says he was condemned for our sins in which he had no share, that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we had no share. We had no share. Like, we, 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 I mean, 
are we, we're not helping him out. <laughs> like, we're not, we're, not on, we're, not, we're, not, we're not helping him. We had no share in that. He suffered the death, which was ours, that we might receive the life, which was his. With his stripes, we are healed. Christ did that for us. And Christ is saying, listen, I, I switched places with you. The least, the least you could do, just asking you to do a little bit. I'm going to forgive you from whatever. Can you forgive your neighbor? Jesus was treated the way my enemy deserves to be treated so that I may now treat my enemy the way Jesus deserves to be treated. Did you catch that? I want you to, since we're, since, we're, since we're moving things around and moving names, adding names, I want you, Jesus was treated the way, go on and add somebody's name in there. I don't know who it is for you. Don't say it out loud. Jesus was treated the way this person deserves to be treated so that I may now treat that person the way Jesus deserves to be treated. Are we able to do that? <laughs> I, I mean, are we, are we doing that? Like, are we able to, to treat our enemy the way Jesus ought to be treated? Jesus was treated the way my family who wrongs me deserves to be treated. So that I may now treat the family who wrongs me the way Jesus deserves to be treated. Are we able to do that? Are we able to say, listen, uh, I'm able to treat you. I know you're my enemy and, and I know we have some issues, but because of what Jesus did, because Jesus already suffered, my, I, I'm able to treat you as he should be treated. Uh, we struggle with that. I don't know if any, I don't know about y'all. Can't really, I, can't, I can't really speak for you, but I can speak for myself. That's real stuff. But it's kind of just like, yo, like, what, what did I learn about, what do I know about forgiveness? Like, do I, do I forgive? Like, or do I have that type of forgiveness where I'm like, all right, yeah, David, I forgive you, but, I mean, I'm not trying to really talk to you. Right. Like, right. like I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to see you in the street. <laughs> like, like I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to bump into you in Walmart. Like, I want no dealings with you. I forgive you. Like, sweeping things under the rug says, it's okay, but I'm not letting it go. Like, is that the type of forgiveness uh, that we want? Like, all right, so I already told y'all, like, so, okay, cool. So, my parents were divorced or you went through a divorce or whatever it is. Sure, divorce. Um, I'm a Christian, so because I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm trying to do this Christian thing, I'm, I'm supposed to forgive you. Like, I'm supposed to be able to get over it and I'm supposed to forgive you. So because I'm supposed to forgive you, I mean, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I, I forgive you. I, I forgive you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but I didn't really deal with it. <laughs> I never really dealt with it. Like, like, I forgive you, and I feel like it's okay. But I'm just gonna because I'm not supposed to like have it right here. I'm not supposed to. Just, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put it there. I forgive you though. I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was neglected. And, like, I feel like, uh, you know, like, I was just neglected, man. Like, and so I was left there, left at home alone, parents were at work, you know, neglected or, you know, 
spouse didn't spend time with you, whatever, you felt neglected, and it's kind of just like, because I'm supposed to forgive, and you know, I don't, I'm Christian, and that's what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to say, I forgive you, right, I, I forgive you, Zach, I forgive you, because I'm supposed to say that, okay, I forgive you, but I mean, <laughs> I don't trust that you're not going to neglect me again, and I'm not about to open up my heart again for you to try again, and I mean, I'm really not about it, and I mean, I really ain't deal with it, and I mean, I'm still really struggling with it, but I forgive you, all right. Families aren't practicing forgiveness the way Jesus asked us to. Like, are we teaching our kids, like, to actually forgive and to let something go? Or we just kind of have to go say, hey, I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive you. Like, I, I, there, there was this lady. I don't do well with, I don't... I don't do well with people when they lie to me. Like, I cannot stand liars. Like, for what? 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 Like, just tell the truth. Like, if you don't want to say, just don't say nothing. Like, I don't know. I just can't stand liars. So, she, she, to, to be honest, a lot, it was a lot of things, but this one was kind of like the, the, the top for me. I was um, younger. I feel like she was grown, and I am feel like you lied to me straight to my face. Like, what are we doing? Like, why? And from that, like, I'm saying, like, oh. It was just so much that just festered up. Like, I mean, I saw her. I was in my feelings. I was in my feelings. I wasn't feeling her, and everybody knew it. It was on campus when I was in school, and everybody knew I had issues with her because I, I kind of I went vocal one day in the cafeteria, and everyone knew how I felt about her, and I had issues with her. And it was to the point where, like, I really would feel like, okay, I'm over this, until she would come around, and I would just be like, she would just disturb my whole mood. Like, come on, like, why? She, like, I don't even want to be dealing with that no more. I thought I was over her. And she would come, she would come, she would come in church. Like, we didn't go to the same church, but just so happened that she wanted to be at the same church I'm at. And now I'm just in my feelings, in the front row, in my feelings, because why is she at the same church I'm in? There's like 30 churches in Maryland. Why are you here? In my feelings. I'm in my kickboxing class, and they're like, okay, uppercut, uppercut, all right, all right. We're doing all this, boom, boom. And I'm just like, then they're like, no, we need you to punch harder. We need you to punch harder. Get a visual. Get a visual. Hit something you don't like. I'm like, bam, hit her. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm punching at her. Like, she's the first face I go to. I thought that many people. I don't have that many enemies, but she's like the first face. I'm like, yo, I cannot stand her. Oh, listen, I, I, I was telling them, I, I think I was over it. I think. I don't know. I'm bringing things back. Um, but... You know, it's funny because that's how we'll do with forgiveness. We'll say, yeah, I forgive you. Time the person walked by. Like, did you let it go? <laughs> did you let it go? Like, you lied to me, and I was like, all right, I forgive you. All right, but it's like right here. Like, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here close by me. Right here close by. I'm just sweeping under the rug. It's okay. I'm supposed to forgive you. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a pastor now. I'm really supposed to forgive. I'm supposed to let it go. That's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, the Bible tells us, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Amen? Uh, I kind of wonder why sometimes we kind of feel like, like this is real stuff. Like, I don't know why we feel like we don't, like we're not, we don't have any bitterness. Like we have no wrath, we have no anger. Like, these are not things that are, like, we're struggling with. Like, and we kind of feel like um, this forgiveness thing is something we can do without God. Like, somebody was talking to me at the first service, and it's hard. I don't want you to think I'm here telling you clearly. <laughs> you hear me? You see my struggle. I'm not up here saying, like, just forgive and don't put it under the rug. It's something hard to let some of this stuff go. We're going to get to that in a minute because, I mean, a lot of times, like, I'm, when I'm saying forgive, I'm not saying to act like nothing ever happened, but that's what we do. Like, because sometimes there's, there's consequences that need to happen. Like, these are people actually harming you. People actually have done wrong things. It's not what I'm saying. But a lot of times we go into it thinking, oh, okay, I can do this. I can, I can say I forgive you. I, I, can, I, can, I got it. I, I, I know how to do this. And we leave God out of the process. We leave God out of the process, and we try and do it uh, by ourselves. <laughs> Uh, we, 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 we feel like, okay, you cheated on me. Uh-oh. That's not a little thing. 
Hulu. And it's not just like I can just roll up, I forgive you, because that's what I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, we're called to do it. We're called to forget. I'm, not, I'm, I'm with you, but it's not easy. But see, when we go into it, trying to do it on our own, that's how we fail. Man, you got to go in there with that thing. You got to go in that thing with God, man. Man, you got to go in it realizing, just like everything we read, like, yo, like, God did this for me. Like, God shed blood for me. God saved me. Um, I was telling um, them at first service that, like, as a child, like, because <laughs> God has me on a very interesting journey right now. I told y'all that this is a very interesting season of my life. And um, as a child, I was just like, the good, the good, I was good. So it's like that good girl, like. That one, like, like it's weird. I was the one, like, no, guys, don't sing that song. And I'm not even talking about it on the Sabbath, just at any time. Like, no, we can't sing that. And I, I was the one that, when everybody else was partying, I was like, no, you guys can come over to my house. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to have a party for us. I wasn't lame, though. Hear me, okay? <laughs> I wasn't lame. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was good, but I was still cool, you know what I mean? No, y'all not feeling me. Y'all think I was late. Anyways, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was that one that was just like, come on, let's know you got to do your homework. Like, there were certain people, like, and to this day, they would laugh, and they, oh, we tried. I'm like, come on, you got to do your homework. No, I, you don't get it. I'll help you. Like, I'll, you can come over to my house. We can study. Like, I want you to pass. Like, I really cared. I still do. I really cared. I was that, I was that person. And because I was good, and I didn't struggle with any of the, Top sins, any of the common sins, any of those sins that we made a big deal about in church. I thought I was good to go. <laughs> I thought I had myself together. And I don't think I really understood, like, forgiveness. I don't think I really understood grace. Grace was just a word that, you know, we talked about. But, like, recently, God has just been revealing, like, dude, like, you, who, what? Like, no. Like, you're messed up. And it's, it's, it's such a difference when you realize how messed up you are. And how much you need grace. And how much you need forgiveness. It's a whole lot easier to look at it and be like, I know you messed up. And I really, like, you really got under my skin. But when I think about how messed up I am and about how God, like, he still loves me in spite of me and he's still working with me and he's still, he's still like, all right, let's do this. Like, when I see that, it's a whole lot easier for me to be like, all right, like, you cheated on me. Yeah, but I'm not about to let that, like, steal my soul salvation. Like, I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to do that. But, I mean, we're, we're to the point where we're kind of just like, yeah, I forgive you, and we, like, throw it under the rug. And it's kind of just like, all right, we're going to keep putting stuff under the rug. Mm. It's not really going to cut it. Retribution is, is punishment inflicted on someone as vengeance for a wrong or criminal act. Vengeance. Yeah. Anybody's like, you did me wrong, I'm trying to get you, man. I'm trying to get you. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to get you back. I'm trying to get you back. I, was told, I don't really watch TV. Like, there's only, like, two series that I've really watched. Well, no, three. So I've watched a different world from the beginning to the end. Amen. Yes, amen. And um, so we're together, boo. <laughs> um, and Prison Break and the other one, I mean, whatever. Putting it out there. Uh, I watch Revenge. I don't know if anybody else watched that. No, okay. Well, good. Okay. Uh, the name of the show is Revenge. Like, from beginning to end, like, she was after her, like, <laughs> after, like, from beginning to end, it was all revenge, very good show, but crazy, because it's like, I'm going to get you, and as much as y'all want to sit here and act like I'm just not really speaking your, you know, your language right now, somebody does something that's kind of like, I want you to pay for it, I want you to pay for it. Pray for you cheated on me, man. I want somebody to cheat on you, so so you can feel what it feels like. To forgive is to blame, not to punish. Catch that. To forgive is to blame, not to punish. I'm not saying that 
uh, we, we, we act like somebody didn't do something. No, there's blame there. To bl- forgive is to blame, not to punish. But those who forgive need not abandon all disciplinary measures against offenders. A child may need a timeout or a beating, not as a retributive punishment, but as a space to reflect on her actions. A violent offender may need to be restrained if there is any danger he may harm others. Discipline for the sake of wrongdoers, reform, and the protection of the public incompatible with, is, is compatible with forgiveness. Discipline, even for the sake of upholding the moral good assaulted by the offense, is compatible with forgiveness. That was a lot of words, but like what it's saying is, sure, like these disciplinary actions come along with forgiveness. There are times where, sure, I'm going to have to forgive you, but because of what you did was wrong, we talked about abuse, you abuse, and you're, you're in jail now. Like, I'm not saying just go around like, deuces, deuces, sure, run over me. No, the Bible don't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach just run over me. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. There's going to be some stuff where, no, there are actions, there's some consequences um, that will happen. Retribution is not, uh, that's what it's not. Those who forgive will have a system of discipline, but retribution will not be part of it. Say that again. I'll say it in another way. So those who forgive will have a system of discipline, but you're not out to get revenge. Like, you don't get to be like, I forgive you, but you're going to get the payback, <laughs> and you're going to get revenge. They ought, to, <laughs> they ought to forgive rather than punish because God and Christ forgave. Christ is the end of retribution. Christ is the end of retribution. Some of us have this uh, once an offender, (laughs) always an offender mentality. Once an offender, always an offender. Give me something else. Give me somebody. Somebody else. Give me something else. We that that we sometimes sleep under. Might have something. No, nobody wants to help me. Once a cheater, always a cheater. I used to cheat. What you say? Oh, my, oh, I mean, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I have money. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Money works its way into everything, doesn't it? <clears throat> this is not a good one for this, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh we, you stole something. You stole something. You came to my house and you stole something. Listen, you see how uncomfortable this joint is? I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm trying to figure out, because I feel like I'm going to look dumb, but it's life and this is what it is. This is crazy. <laughs> you came to my house and you stole something. Am I able to forgive you and actually let it go and let you back in my house? Real talk. Real talk. Like, I mean, we just say, you know, Christ is not calling us just to be like close your eyes and just to to be dumb. But at the same time, uh, how many times? How many times have you stole from, from God? Mercy. Mercy. Listen, we talk about money. We're not talking. Listen, look at that. This wasn't on purpose, and y'all saw that. But how many times have we stole money from God? How many times have we, like, you want to pay your tithe, return your tithe and offering, but bills were due, and you had to... Listen, you had to choose, and it's kind of like, uh, uh, I don't want my lights to go off. God, you, and you justify it. God, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want me in the, in, the, in the dark. But when we, when we bring it home, and we talk about somebody coming up in our house, because where are we now? We in God's house. I mean, I know this is cool, but we in God's house. He let you back in. 
But we like, nah. <laughs> like, nah, you came to my house and you took something? Like, ain't you coming back? And because we're just like, all right, but I, but I forgive you. <laughs> forgive you. We're quick to feel some type of way when we aren't involved. Like, we looked at the story when we said the people that were the innocent bystanders that kind of saw what happened with the story in the parable, uh, we said Marna and Selena, they, they were looking on, and we all kind of agreed, and we were all like, yeah, why would Stephen do that? He could have gave Garvey $10. It wasn't even that serious. He could have gave him a break. He just got all that. Time we put ourselves in that situation, it's real different. It just, it just happened a second ago. Y'all see y'all was like, nah, money. Ha, ha, no. Then we were like, wait. <laughs> we were like, wait, but we do that to God. And it was just like, dang. It's real easy from the outside to look at that. And then time we put ourselves in the situation is completely different. Listen, we keep score. And memories of transgressions become stockpiled like weapons during a Cold War. And when the occasion arises, we use them to wage battle. We keep score. We keep score. But um, as I was reading this, I could only imagine in a married household or a dating household, I don't know, I could be wrong because I ain't married, y'all tell me, but I kind of feel like some keeping score goes on, like, Zach, you ain't take the trash out last time. <laughs> like, Garvey, you forgot the kids in school again. Like... <laughs> Like, we keep score. We keep score. And when I say we keep score, and we're like ready. We are ready. Like, do it again, see what happens. <laughs> like, do it again, see what happens. We keep score. We keep score. I can't throw it at anybody this time. <laughs> Oh, we keep score, we keep score, we keep score. And we ready. Here we go. We keep score and we wait for the prime opportunity to pull it out. It's war. It's waiting, waiting, and then bam. It comes from somebody's head. In some cases, moreover, the memory of the offense seduces us into seeing dangers where none are lurking. Catch this, because I feel like, catch this. We skipped this first. Catch this part. I'm going to read it again. In some cases, moreover, the memory of the offense seduces us into seeing dangers where none are lurking. Like, because we're holding on to this and because we're keeping score, like, sometimes it's not even anything there. Like, nobody's trying to get you. Like, the person's not even doing anything, but because you're trying to keep score, now you, you, you feel like there are dangers there. They're lurking and, 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 and justifying preventative strikes where no aggression against us is underfoot. Like, nothing's, nothing's even there. Like, nothing's even happening, but because you're so on edge, you're creating Issues, because you won't really forgive, you won't let it go, you're creating issues. Listen, and my question is, in heaven, will we see people and think of their sins? Like, if we can't get past it now, like, if when I see you, all I see is the fact that you did that thing, like, is that, is that, I mean, are we carrying that over? Like, how does that work? Like, if that's all I see when I see you, when we, when we get to heaven, it, it, like, how does that work? Is that still something you're not getting there? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Amen. Uh, <laughs> listen, there are no people who are sufficiently good so that God doesn't need to forgive them and Christ didn't die for them. And amen, because that means that goes for us too. 
Because a lot of times we think outside, oh, okay, cool, no, right here. <laughs> that means we all got a chance. Okay, there are no people who are too wicked for God to forgive them and for Christ to die for them. And there are no people whom God, for some instructable reason, decided not to forgive. Even the sin against the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said would not be forgiven, is not an exception. What is that saying? That's saying even that person, God is trying to forgive them, and they're rejecting God. They're rejecting God's forgiveness. God, listen, God is like, listen, it's a free for all. I'm forgiving everybody. God's giving and forgiving as, as, are as unconditional as the sun rays and as indiscriminate as raindrops. One died for all, absolutely no one is excluded. And if nobody is excluded, and if God died for everybody, and if God is forgiving everybody, why we act like we can't forgive nobody? We already talked about this. We fail to forgive because we attempt to eliminate God from the process. It's going to be an impossible task if we're not allowing God to take the lead, if we're not praying for God to come in our heart, if we're not praying for God to show us how. We can't earn God's forgiveness, but we can unearn it. I don't want you to think that what I'm saying is that you're earning God's forgiveness by forgiving somebody else. You're, you're not. We just talked about the fact that God's just like, I'm giving forgiveness out. I'm giving forgiveness out. He's kind of like, he's like over like, you'll get a car. You'll get a car. you got a car. You know, I be doing that with the subway car, gift card sometime with the grace. Card. I was like, you get a subway gift card. You get a subway gift card. God's like, listen, you get forgiveness. You get forgiveness. You get forgiveness. You get forgiveness. Are you able to give it to somebody else after he's given it to you? I don't think Jesus died on the cross was enough to pay for what was done to me. When we don't forgive, that's what we're saying. We're, I mean, like, right there. We're saying, listen, uh, uh, I don't really think that Jesus dying on the cross was enough to pay for what you did to me. Like, like that was a lot. Like, what you did to me, I don't think Jesus could, uh, I don't think Jesus dying on the cross paid for that. If Jesus' death is not enough to pay for my enemy's sin, check this one, pay attention. Oh. If Jesus, uh, if Jesus, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> if she, <laughs> praise the Lord, because I'm mixing up my words. If Jesus' death is not enough to pay for my enemy's sin, then it is not enough to pay for my sin either. Yeah? Like, if Jesus dying on the cross, it's not enough for me to forgive you, then is it enough for, to forgive me? By not allowing Jesus to pay for my enemy's sins on the cross, I have just disqualified the cross as a payment for sin, and therefore, I must still pay for my sins, and the only way I can do that is to die an eternal death. Wow. 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 I disqualified the cross as a payment for sin. What we do, what we do is, uh, <laughs> we get a nice pile. And we feel like, I'm forgiving. I am. I'm forgiving. I got a handle on it. And then one day, you know, you realize I got a lot that I never really handled. I got a lot that I never really let go of. You find yourself tripping over the rug that you just hit it under. And by then, you're just like, Yo, but I, I, I dealt with that. Like, that was from childhood. I, I dealt with it. 
when I was working on preparing the sermon, I got a phone call from somebody at church. Um, and I answered the phone, and it was, I was trying to figure out, actually, if I was going to talk about forgiveness, what I was going to talk about. And our conversation went like this, um, eventually getting to this point of, man, this person came in the room, and it took so much out of me just to talk to them. And I thought I had dealt with that. Like, I, I, thought, I, I, thought, I, was, I thought I was over it. And it's moments like that that we'll find ourselves in, and I say we, <laughs> we'll find ourselves in where it's just like, man, I just said it's okay. I didn't, really, I didn't go through a forgiveness process. I didn't try and reconcile, reconcile anything, even with myself, with the person, inner. Like, I, I didn't take it any steps further. I didn't really involve God in it. I just was like, it's okay. Crumble under the rug. Crumble under the rug. And if we keep doing that, like, you can go for a little bit, but eventually, as it builds up, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> eventually, you're going to run into it, and you're kind of just like, yo, how I get here? Like, I thought I, I got over it. And some of us can testify to, like, letting some stuff go. It might be hard, and you might really want the revenge. But after you let it go, it makes you feel a whole lot better. Like, I know you're thinking for the other person, but it, it, even for you, not having to worry about that, not having to, ha, ha, not to have to have that weight on you, letting it go, it makes you feel a whole lot better. So today, we want to let some things go. Um, you have some papers in your hand. They say forgiveness on them. What I want you to do, I want you to take some time and I want you to be able to write uh, just some things that, first of all, you need God to forgive you for. Some things you have not really confessed, some things you haven't repented, some things you haven't asked for. We just saw that God is willing to forgive us for, for whatever. He's handing out forgiveness. He's ready. I want you to write down some things that you know that, listen, God, I need forgiveness for this. And then at the same time, I want you to write down some things that you need help forgiving. Like there's some things you need to let go. It may be from last week. It may be from months ago. It may be from years ago. And I want you to write those things down and we're going to let them go. At this time, I want you to, to write and then I'm going to tell you what to do. I want you to write. <laughs> 